I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, March 12, 2020. You are looking at a global route going on in the stock market. We're going to get into everything, and here's the good news. The good news is I'm going to explain exactly how we make money from this debacle. Many of you made money on the way down. Many of you bought volatility. However, those of you that did not participate and also those of you that want to make money on the way back up will pay attention because we're going to get into some specifics, not only where, but also how and why. What exactly is that? The how and why of what? Those of you that have been around for a while will know what's coming. We're looking for a low. We're going to go through the details tonight. But we're looking for a low and we're going to discuss, just like we did in December of 2018, we're going to discuss the best way how to take advantage of the fact that we're looking for a low. Just to recap a little bit, last night we closed below 275.31. Inside the numbers, members were notified that during the day that if we closed below that number, that the rubber band would break once again. For those of you that didn't see it, go back to last night's video. It was in the commentary. You can read it for yourself. That's why I put it in these videos. Let's kind of get the big picture going before we drill down. So the Dow is down 2,352 points. Let me say that again. 2,352 points. I remember when the Dow was 2,352. The S&P 500, the SPX cash index, down 260 a cool 9.5%. The Dow is down 9.99%. That's not an accident nor a coincidence right underneath one tick below or one basis point below 10%. Does that matter or make a difference? Absolutely not. I just find those things interesting because I'm a geek at heart. A couple of more things before we really get rolling. We'll talk about what happened in the middle of the day today and this happens more often than not in these situations. Now, Granted, we're not ever in these situations. This is a market that we've never seen before. But all things being equal, when you get a market where people, meaning traders, investors, the public, begins to panic and everything is relative, the Fed has a tendency to step in. This time, today, they tried to step in with a bazooka. They came in with something like a trillion and a half dollars to flood the market. We're back to Repo Man. I believe this is where they're flooding the market in the repo market. There's a problem in the repo market. And when you compound that with the coronavirus, we're not really sure which one is causing the real debacle in the market. It's likely a combination of both. Again, we don't care the reason, the excuses, the after the fact stuff doesn't make any difference, doesn't help us make money in the market. What helps us make money is understanding price and time. If you want to understand price and time better, you have to go to the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. For the purposes of this video, we're going to cut right to the chase. We'll go to a weekly chart and we've got some numbers. So last night we had the 240 on the chart. Today we also have 235. These are round numbers. These are not exact calculations. I'm not putting those on the chart. Suffice it to say... If we find the market down there in short order, meaning tomorrow, meaning Monday, that for this trader 
is a buy zone. Let me put a caveat on that. Decisions are made in real time. Let's say the market gaps below there. Then all bets are off. Something else is going on. I've got to have a different number. However, I also understand the type of risk that I would be willing to take. This type of trade would likely be traded or played with options. They're extremely expensive. And I am fully aware that I could lose 100% of what I put into the trade. However, if reached tomorrow or Monday, this trader will be buying that area. I will do it with time and patience. We're looking for a low. Could the low be today? It could be. Let's talk for a second about volume. Let's go back to the daily chart. The volume you can see today was about 362 million shares. Is that enough? It qualifies as enough. We finished on the lows. Could that be exhaustion? This is one of the things that's taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader, among many others. How do you identify exhaustion? So on one hand, it could be. On the other hand, I've done the math and we should go lower. Understand, it's not easy to buy down there when everybody else is throwing up. It will feel really, really wrong at the time. I'm in the risk business. This is an area that I'm willing to put on risk. Here's a short hop. We're going to go over inside the numbers. I'm going to let you read what was in the notes. We're going to take a look at what was on the board for Stocks on the Move. Even on a day like today, regardless of how many traders are participating, and you'll notice in the notes, what I'm telling traders is you don't have to participate, obviously. If this type of volatility makes you uncomfortable, Cash is a position. You can be a spectator. It has been a spectator sport for many and should be for many. But there's a couple of themes that you want to notice inside the numbers in the commentary. One of the themes is when the market ripped higher in the middle of the day on the Fed announcement, you'll see that it created a breakup candle. Later in the day, we're eyeballing the breakup candle. We did get a few rallies off the low of that breakup candle. This is what trades are made of. It gave way at the end of the day, but everybody that tried to play the bottom of that breakup candle got at least one or two opportunities at minimum. And that's one of the things that traders need to realize in markets like this. When the market gaps down a lot, and this is obviously way more than a lot, so in an environment like this, and I'm not advocating this or saying anybody or everybody should do this. I'm just telling you the way it works. Once the market settles into an intraday range, which it always does at some point in time, in this volatility, you're going to get bounces and you're going to get declines inside that range. You can play those bounces and declines. The problem is, A, you have to know where you're wrong, and B, you have to have patience and you have to take the profit when they hand it to you. So as an example, we were playing the extreme of a range. The bottom of a breakup candle was the low of that range. You pick off the low a couple of times, they hand it to you. Why? There's a bull bear battle going on at the bottom of a breakup candle. Why? Because that's the way it works the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. We see it all the time, not just today, not just once last week. We see it day in, day out on charts all over the place. All charts act and react the same way. That's one of the things that you're taught in detail 
in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Let's go ahead and scroll the notes. You can read them on your own. I don't have to read them to you. You can start to stop the video whenever you like. We'll come back to Stocks on the Move. Let's go up and see what happened as the day goes on. Providing commentary. There's not a lot anybody can do as they open the market. They're gapping down. There's a halt. There's a futures halt in the morning. Then there's another halt in the beginning of the day. You can't play in that environment. That's not a sandbox you want to get involved with. But nevertheless, I'm providing commentary because we can always learn something from whatever's going on in the market. Let's continue on. There's your news of Fed intervention. You'll notice the 1255 post. First hourly candle of the day, tail candle still intact. Closing hourly above the high would be bullish getting into no man's land. You have to be pre-prepared. You'll notice early in the day, prior to 10.30 in the morning, if you go back in the notes, you'll notice we were talking about the tail candle, eyeballing the tail candle. Once we had the tail candle in our pocket, then we had a breakup candle to play off of. You see how this works? One thing leads to another, leads to another. That's how you stack up the reasons that a trade exists. It's a full stack environment. Moving right along with the notes. So we did have a lot of traders that did participate in the long side on the breakup candle low scenario slash schematic. And I got to tell you, I was a bit surprised to see how many. Then the Fed rescue operation failed and the market came right back in. What's pretty interesting, and you have to sit back and think about this for a moment. We're watching the technicals and the technicals only. I'm going to bring up another chart in a moment to prove something to you. And while we're watching the technicals, the chart is setting up a certain way. And all of a sudden, what do you have? You have your Fed announcement. You have your bazooka. You have your repo man coming to the window. Moving right along. Now they're hanging down at the lows, but they're bouncing back and forth. So any trader that's trying to pick off the low is given ample opportunity to get out with a profit over and over and over again as the market just goes back and forth, back and forth. And in this environment, back and forth is 20, 30 S&P handles at a time sometimes. Moving right along into the end of the day. Let's go down and take a look at stocks on the move. Now, once again, we'll just reiterate that most traders are not participating in this environment. However, there's a couple of reasons why I would even put stocks up on the board on a day like today. A, I put it up with the commentary saying you don't have to play. As long as you understand the risk, that's your business. But the second reason is because I'm not afraid to put my numbers on the board. I don't think, based on the work that I do any given day, I don't think the market's going to cut through my numbers like a hot knife through butter. Once in a while it happens, but you'll notice the majority, the large majority of the time, it doesn't. Why is that? Because I know my numbers. You'll notice four stocks hit their numbers today. And what we put up on the board on a day like today are the names we know. We're not going to play out of the bottom of the dumpster. We're going to play stuff we know, the names we know, the widely held stocks. The four that hit their numbers, Apple, T, Disney, and Microsoft. Now there's caveats here, but we're going to take a look at the charts and you'll get the point. First, we want to look at Microsoft, not because it fell into the end of the day when it actually hit its number. I want to show you a couple of other things. So we had a specific number and in the first candle of the day, in fact, we can go down to a shorter time frame. In the first candle of the day, you'll see it came close. It didn't hit my number and it took off like a rocket. Well, that's okay. It took off without me. And so on days like today, the numbers don't always get hit. 
But what I'm going to not do is try and put us in harm's way of a number too close to current price in the pre-market. I've got to pick a number where I'm pretty damn sure we're going to get one hell of a slingshot away from. And you can see what happened with Microsoft while it didn't hit the number. It missed by pennies two times. You did get the rocket ride both times from that general area. The end of the day doesn't count. Nobody's buying into the close. They kill the market into the close. Everything goes down with it. But this does go to show you the power of these numbers. Even though they miss by pennies, you can see what happened. Microsoft down 12, 13, 14 dollars at the open and you're still picking off a number within pennies. Apple, same routine with Apple. Got bought up by a bunch of front runners. And no, that's not true. Nobody's front running today. There's so much volume, it doesn't make any difference, especially on a stock like Apple. You can't front run Apple. It's just in jest. But same routine, you can see where they come up short of the number. So my number was wrong or the stock didn't reach my number. Either way, I don't get into the trade. It comes down at the end of the day to hit the number. Again, nobody's buying into the close as they're killing the market. Similar routine with AT&T. And remember, we look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm showing you everything that hit, regardless of what happened. AT&T did hit at the end of the day. Obviously, nobody's buying it into the kill of the close, but... The number worked. If, for nothing else, for validation purposes. We had to get one that at least looked like it worked out, right? Well, this one came close in the morning, bounced away, did it later in the day. What a rocket ride. I don't know anybody that took this trade. I didn't hear from anybody specifically. And if I did and I forgot, I apologize. You have to imagine my inbox. You have to imagine my inbox looks like a war zone. Here's what I wanted to show you for a second. Back to Microsoft. The market is still trading technically sound. Look what happened when the market ripped up. What happened to Microsoft? It went up to fill its gap, fell right back down. Now that doesn't happen every single time, but why did it stop where it did? Was it some external force or did it fill the gap and turn around? The market is still trading technically sound despite what you see or what you believe. It's just that the moves are wider, they're faster, the numbers are spread out where the actual support and resistance zones are as compared to five or 10 points away from each other. But at the end of the day, the market is trading technically sound. And by the way, the spike through numbers, and I'm talking specifically about the S&P, for example, or even the NASDAQ, the spike through, where I spiked through before, is one or two points in the ES contract, for example. Now, that same spike through to the same magnitude considering or taking into an account the volatility, that same spike is 10, 15, 20 points. And there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Now let's talk about something else. We're going to deviate a little bit from the norm. We don't really have to go over all the specific charts. Everything looks the same. And when the market bottoms, the transports are going to bottom, the IWM is going to bottom, the semiconductors are going to bottom, the Qs are going to bottom, everything across the board is going down together, it's all going to go up together. Doesn't really matter that the IWM was down almost 13% today when the S&P was down about 10 Makes no difference on a day like today. What's 2.5% among friends? So let's talk about something a little bit different. A, let's talk about what actually is the best trade on the board in an environment like this. Now, here's the caveat. It's not easy. 
Most people, most traders, most of you should not do this if you're not experienced. But I'm going to tell you what the best trade is on the board regardless. Carries a different kind of risk than you might be used to, but you have to take the market environment for what it is and then you backtrack or reverse engineer, how do I play this to the best of my ability using the tools that I have? And it's really two things. A, you play individual stocks that have just been bludgeoned, but not any old stock that's been bludgeoned. You play A, the names we know, and some of you will say, well, some of that other stuff, the low float stuff, the names we don't know, the stuff that really got taken out behind the woodshed even more than the names we know, won't you have a better snapback in some of those? And the answer is, I don't know. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't need to know. I know how this works, and I'm giving you my roadmap. And as far as the names we know... You pick out the names we know and you find the same type of quality support areas just like I do every single day inside the numbers. It's no different. I'm looking at it from a swing trade perspective versus a day trade perspective. Same process, a little tweak here and there. Which names we know? What does the list look like? I'm putting together the shopping list as we speak. My goal is to get the shopping list out to Inside the Numbers members in a format they can understand with numbers. I suspect I'll be looking for an all-night Starbucks. But here's the other thing. How do you do it? You need a lot of capital to buy the stock, and the options are way too expensive. And therein lies the rub. In an environment like this, the proper thing to do, what pro traders do, is sell premium. Carries a different risk. You can get put the stock. You can lose a lot of money quickly. But that is the play. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. So we'll pick a random stock. Everybody knows Apple. Apple, September 250 calls are trading for about $34. What does that mean? That means if you were to buy a call between now and September, Apple really has to be over 284 in September to break even on the call. Now, the caveat to that is if you buy the call and Apple starts moving up immediately, the calls are certainly going to move up. But time is not on your side, so the time premium will deteriorate over time. So if Apple doesn't move up, time is working against you. So net-net out of that, it's very hard to buy calls on stocks like this. They're very, very expensive. So you flip it around. And you say, hey, I'm willing to sell the premium, but I sell a put, which means I'm still betting the stock's going to go up when I sell a put. Buy a put, you're betting the stock's going down. You sell a put, you're betting the stock's going up. You're a seller of volatility. You're a seller of premium in Apple. When the stock is trading at $245, for example, by selling the premium, what you're saying is, I'm willing to buy Apple and I've given myself a buffer down to $211. Now, what are we really doing with this? What we're not doing is we're not looking at it as a long-term investment. What we're doing is we're playing for the rip-your-face-off rally that's coming. Now, whether it's coming tomorrow or Monday or next Wednesday, we don't know yet. We don't know from what price. I can only tell you what I think based on my work but we don't know. Let's qualify that. Let's distinguish the two. The work is good the majority of the time. 
It's not good every single time. We all know that. Any way you look at it, we're still looking for a low. Here's the VIX. Remember buying the VIX at 12? Anything next to 12, below 12, around 12? How about 12? How about 75? Do I still have my calls on the VIX? Of course not. Schmuck shirt. In fact, I'll wear the schmuck shirt in addition to the schmuck hat on that one. Made money on them, but holy smokes. But that's not the reason why I brought up the chart. The reason why I brought up the chart is how high do we think this is going to go? Maybe it gets to 100, but it's going to get there fast, if anything. The VIX doesn't necessarily creep along on the way up. Let's have a point of reference. What does this look like? Now, without that tail candle, you can see it looks something like Tesla, and it looks like it in the order of magnitude, the type of move. Well, when you fast forward Tesla, you could see what happened. The collapse. Nothing can sustain a move like this, especially the VIX. The only way the VIX is going to sustain a move like that is if the market goes down and down and down, day after day after day, and it could certainly do that several more days in a row. We're aware of that, but the VIX is not going to 400. It's just not going to happen. What's going to be the catalyst for a turnaround in the market? Why are we looking for a rip-your-face-off rally? There'll be a couple of things going on. There'll be some news that hits. The market's going to take it as good news. I should say the media is going to take it as good news. You may see it surrounding something like a bankruptcy, multiple hedge funds failing, huge amount of margin calls. All that stuff is what you can expect around a capitulation low. We're getting close. Think about it like this. You're a retiree. You have real money. You have a broker. You have a financial advisor. Or you do it yourself in a Schwab account or whatever else you do. You have a 401k. All those things. All of a sudden, the market cracks a couple of weeks ago and you don't necessarily get out and you think that it's the end all the time. Every single day, well, it'll come back. Your financial advisor says, well, you have to invest for the long term so it'll come back. The market always comes back. Now you fast forward a couple of weeks, you got paralyzed, you didn't do anything. Guess what? Now you're down 30, 35% in that account. Now, if you had half bonds, you've had a buffer. What about the people that retired last year or five years ago and they retired with enough money to retire on? All of a sudden, they have less than they did three weeks ago. And it's not just a little bit less, it's a whole lot less. The more less that gets the closer they are to throwing up and saying, I've had it, get me out, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's the formula for a capitulation low. All those things, the hedge fund failures, the bankruptcies, and we may or may not see the bankruptcy right now, but we'll see them. They're coming. Take a peek inside the bond market. Check out the energy companies. The bond market tells the tale. A lot of those bonds are what we call bidless. If you wanted to sell... Your broker's going to give it to you in the keister because there's nobody to buy it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are no way possible? It's all true and accurate information. I think we all get the big picture. We're going to give it a wrap here. I'm going to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.